All right, Stan, bring us in. Oh, I'll do it. Oh, yeah, Bob the Bastard. Ah. All right, ready? On three. One, two. That stupid punk rock. I don't, you know, I just think of it as rock and roll because that's what it is. Neighbors. Your answer is non And we're back. How's it going, guys? It has been not that long of a wait. We're getting these uh, these episodes put out. Uh, in short order for you. I hope you guys are enjoying them. Once again, I'm here with Stan and Chris, Punk Rock Chronicles. How you guys doing? Doing well, man. Glad to be here. Um, we had that Bob the Bastards in, in, in the house. <laughs> I am. Yeah, you're like official. <laughs> Is that growing on you guys? I haven't like you utilized it yet in regular conversation but i hope I'm, you never do <laughs> i'm kind of i'm trying to get used to it <laughs> so we got bigger things to worry about the nicknames we have uh a, man we got a packed show tonight and uh i i am excited to uh we all are excited to introduce a guest host tonight uh mr eric blair how you guys doing Good. it's an honor to be on this show yeah. it's an honor to have you man thanks for coming in thank you you yeah. are officially our second in uh, in-house guest, so uh, it was. And you're a good company. It was you and, and uh, Ricky Menace. So we're you know. Yeah, that guy's awesome. He's a fantastic guy. So uh, good to have you here. Can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself so people know who we're talking to? Um, a little bit about myself. Um, been in the music business and the entertainment business since I was 19 years old. Um, done a lot. You know, uh, was a makeup art was a makeup artist was a producer. Uh, I was a burnout. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of the strand. No. Uh, so yeah, I did a bunch of that stuff, and then um, uh, I was in a punk band, and and then uh, my last thing was Interscope Records, and then before and then and then after the Interscope Records thing, I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm getting my my esthetician's license, becoming a makeup artist, and then when I I work got, was working in the modeling world, and then I saw an ad on TV. This is 1996. I see an ad on TV. It says, "Hey, start your own cable show," and I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna do that," and I asked my mom to help me. Um, I started off just interviewing, like, going to, like, dance clubs, interviewing women. Because, you know, I knew about makeup and stuff. And then I interviewed some local ska band that opened for Save Ferris at Denny's. Oh, wow. And I didn't think I could get Save Ferris, so I interviewed these. And the next thing I knew, I was interviewing Dio. And the rest is the rest is history. Was Dio at Denny's? He went from Dio to Tom Hanks, right? Yeah, you got Tom Hanks too. Yeah, Tom, everybody. Are you see, yeah, he's this guy's interviewed like like major major stuff. It's pretty cool, evidently. Man. And he liked me. Yeah. yeah, he liked me. He he. It, it, a lot of these people liked me. I mean, the 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 everything's changed, you know, in the world. But I mean, there was that was a time of innocence, you know. But they, yeah, a lot of these these people like they liked me and stuff, and it, and that's cool because then you get returned stuff on the red carpet, especially red carpet. It's hard to do stuff. In fact, I don't want to get off on this. Can I tell a little story right now? Yes. Okay. Please. Thank you. Thank you, Stan. 
Um, <laughs> Britney Spears at the premiere for, and you got to remember, she was the biggest star in the world. Ninety-five. This is um, uh, Crossroads. The film Crossroads came out, and she was huge. Her second record, I think, her second or third record, and um, the the photographers, because the way look, there's a lot of competition out there. The photographers were in a were in a, a like a you know what they put animals in at the farm where they put them in like a little thing corral corral they corralled the photographers and they started ripping on me before the interview just saying you know it's cool um you're not going to get the interview with britney spears you're not going to get it you're not going to get it this was 2002 right yeah okay yeah and so was it really? Yeah, that's when the wow. movie released. But so that's when she was huge. Yeah, yeah she, was she was the gigantic. biggest thing in the world, and and it's like, and I, you know, I really liked her, and um, she comes up the red carpet, and they try to take her away from me, and she goes, "Hold on a minute, I'm going to talk to him, and then I'll." You can see it on the on the thing, and I just thought, yes, you know, and I got the quick interview until Justin Timberlake interrupted. And then so typical. And then they were broken up two weeks later. Uh oh. And the uh. same thing. <laughs> the same thing happened to Tom Green. Tom Green, oh, inter- comedian, right? He interrupted oh, my know. interview with Drew Barrymore, and two weeks later they were done. It's like the jinx of uh, Eric Blair. Yeah. So you're like the cel- Hollywood celebrity breaker upper. I was. <laughs> I was. Those were the old days. Yeah. Nice, nice. So you, uh, so you cut your teeth on, on doing those interviews and all that. Now, what about the record producing stuff? How, how when, and how did that happen? Well, um, okay. So when I was touring with, okay, and I'm going to bring up the the, the 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 word here. When I was touring with Striper as a roadie, I had some friends that I had a lot of friends. And so some of my friends asked me, "Hey, can you hook us up with labels and stuff?" And so I basically hooked up a couple a few different bands with labels and um then i just decided like once i learned the ropes you know spending time with striper in the studio and everything and um i learned michael sweet taught me a lot and so i'm like well heck i can put people together i can take like a girl get a bunch of musicians get a songwriter and i started doing that stuff but i mean it was just a passing thing you know now i I like to consult that's that's the thing I like to do now is consult the younger artists just to direct them out of getting in trouble, like, you know, making sure they don't get in trouble, you know, because. Sign the wrong deal. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that going around, right? I think that's been going around since since the beginning. Yeah, they're always <laughs> trying to lock you into like a multiple uh, multiple record deal yep. where you're locked in and then you know they're starting you to change owe your, them. they're changing your sound they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're suggesting new members they don't like this guy they don't yep. like that and next thing you know it's not your band anymore yep yeah it's weird how how there can be something that that's so awesome and then they just slowly but surely dismantle it it's yeah. like why did you ever pick this band in the beginning right yeah. right that's crazy. So that's nice that you're uh, you're using your uh, your knowledge and your your you know your experience to help out younger bands, helping them avoid the pitfalls yeah. of the industry that yeah. so many other bands fall into. That's really that's admirable. Yeah, I I, I like it. Yeah, you know? where were you in '81? Uh, I think a lot of these bands could have uh, used someone <sighs> like that. You know, Dude. so many stories huh, about '81. <laughs> was I? 
I think 81 was the year that I was listening to the Mob Rules album by Black Sabbath and going to see Black Sabbath at Long Beach Arena. Huh. That would be 81 for me. I was I was just... You're a young buck? I was out of control. Ronnie James Dio singing for Black Sabbath. Yeah. That was that album. That right? was, yeah. yeah. The, the Heaven and Hell, I mean, Heaven and Hell got us turned on to it, and then we were just dying for that Mob Rules record to come out, and it came out, and it was just like, dude, you're... You're eight, you're seventeen. I mean, come on. That's like everything to you. They're, your music is so important to you when you're that age. Oh, totally. Yeah, it becomes part of your identity for sure. You know, it's how you. You know, it becomes a soundtrack to your life. Yeah, it becomes sort of your identity. That's rad, man. Yeah, um, we talked earlier. I I gone to a, a Dio show that we were both at. Yeah, coincidentally. So yeah, big fan. Uh, that's really cool, man. So. Um, what are you What are you doing uh, What are you doing now You've had You've talked about the interviews You did some record producing You're helping some bands out What What do you How do you fill your days now um, I fill my days with I I basically um, look for bands that are small because now with the advent of Instagram There's just so much great talent out there that is untapped and there's a scene going on in hollywood and there's a scene here in orange county like a small one but there's a scene going on and uh i just look for bands i i'm not um you know and then i take my time like with my editor to edit this stuff and uh i mean every time i'm reaching out to you you're with your editor <laughs> so, yeah you're yeah, <laughs> yeah well i do a lot of it but i mean i have a friend that kind of like helps out you know occasionally um, nice. Do but you take, do you take a lot of? Uh, are you doing? Are you doing the outreach yourself, or do you, are you getting submissions as well, or are you doing all the the seeking out? I get submissions, but um, I'm really picky about um, who I. My time and everything is super important to me now, and so I'm really picky about who I invest my time in. Um, I real I just have to really like the 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 artist or just there has to be some kind of like spark when i meet them or whatever um but yeah i i mean i get submissions but a lot of the people that want me to interview them it's just like they're too far away or you know that's half the battle right i mean i'm stoked we're doing it this way because our format beforehand was on camera mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> Who can we really get? You know, <laughs> we had a guy calling from Germany last week. You know, uh, so that you know we're international now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the way to do it. Yes. Not just anybody too, but uh, you know, we got the drummer from Wasted Youth, LA's Wasted Youth. I mean, yeah, it was a pretty pretty fun call, I mean, and it went off without a hitch. But yeah, you're right. It's doing it doing it on camera and having people come in. It's very. I can imagine that must have been tough. You guys got a lot of people in a short period of time. I think we did six. Yeah, we did it. We <laughs> did. We it. got hit by COVID. That's yeah, yeah. We did it for our old podcast, and yeah. it was daunting because I had to edit all that, and I had to use a green screen, and I had yeah, to yeah, yours post crazy. stuff in the green screen. It was like editing a little mini movie yep. like every week, and I'm like, dude, I just don't have the time for yep. this. The audio podcasts are pretty cool. It's like having your own little radio station. Yeah, you don't have to like deal with cameras and. So, F-stops and lights. I mean, that's a lot of yeah, work. Yeah, we're too dude. old for cameras, man. It was, it was <laughs> pretty daunting. I, I, you know, just watching Chris have to sort through all that. Um, are you still doing, are you still interviewing artists? Yeah. I just interviewed uh, Jules and the Rollers. Went up to Silver Lake all by myself. Met Sal. 
That's somebody you should probably have on your show. He's a famous uh, Orange County uh, punk rock photographer. He's been doing Sal, it. Uh, Such of the last. Uh, uh, well, I Sal, I just call him Sal's photos. Yeah, Sal. Yeah, we've talked to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he's cool. So I met him up there. I said, "You want to go hang out with these girls tonight?" And he's like, "Yeah." And so I said, "I'll introduce you. You can just take pictures and and." Um, you know, I went up there by myself. It's the first thing I've done by myself since, you know, the big C happened. And um, it was fun, you know. Um, but I'm just I'm just taking it one day at a time, basically. You so know? are you going to ramp it up and start getting back pre-COVID as far as your interviews? Are you going to, um, you know, are, are you rededicating time to that? Or is it just one of the things that you're doing? Uh, it's just one of the things I'm doing. I'm just, I'm kind of... Um, just taking it one day at a time. I, I definitely, when when the right interviews come along, I'm definitely going to do them. That's great. Well, I'm sure a lot of people are listening, and you're probably going to get some submissions for music, yeah. and you're probably going to get some interview offers. So yeah. I hope. So that's awesome, man. I'm, not that you need our help. You yeah. <laughs> man, dude, you put in some work over a long period of time. So I'm impressed. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the compliment. So uh, so let's uh, let's take a break. And go to a song, and then um, we're gonna we're gonna have a a special guest today uh, tonight. Um, I don't know. Do I want to announce it now or after the break? You can announce it now if you All want. Right. I'm a I'm a huge fan of this band. We're having uh, Mark from Zeke calling in, uh, singer, guitar player, songwriter, and uh, that band is just. If you haven't heard Zeke, just look him up. Um, I've been a big fan since about, uh, I guess, about 98. Um, I, I listened to like bands like Nashville Pussy, Nine Pound Hammer, um, uh, The Super Suckers. And then, you know, once you start getting into these types of bands, other bands start to kind of roll in the mix, you know. And uh, Zeke, someone turned me on to that band, and I've been a fan ever since. Kicked in the Teeth was the first uh, record I heard from them, and I've been loving them ever since. They put some stuff out long before that, but that's when I discovered them. So we're going to have uh, him on uh, shortly. So let's take a break. Uh, did you did you have something you wanted to mention? Um, uh, yeah. Um, today, uh, rest in peace, uh, we lost the singer for the Black Dahlia murder, singer Trevor Strand. Uh, he died at the age of 41. Oh, Cernad, yeah. yeah Cernad, he, uh, yeah. yeah. See, we, 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 and, and you know what's ridiculous? I interviewed this guy in 2009, and the interview never saw the light of day. So it's in the archives. Um, and he was a totally awesome dude. Um, it's sad about the, the passing. Um, it says, beloved son, brother, and shepherd of good times. That's a yeah. well put. That was a big band, too. Those guys got pretty big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Bummer. They, uh, they were... They were on the Warp Tour one year. I mean, among a million other things, but I remember them on the Warp Tour, and they were killing it. Um, uh, and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't like uh, uh, exposing them to a little bit later on. But I have friends of mine that uh, have met the whole band, including him, and nobody ever had a bad thing to say about the guy. He was very personable. He was a I'm quoting. He was an encyclo encyclopedia mm. of music knowledge. Yeah, and. and kindred spirit right yeah so i'm sure we feel that loss because it's just we're the same way we're obsessive about our musical knowledge and getting into you know the the history of it and the fans we love so uh rest in peace you know uh everybody out there uh i don't i don't want to speculate on what happened but you know just take care of each other uh, uh if you see fred struggling if you uh you know if you see an opportunity to 
you know, to step in and kind of get someone through some tough times, do it, you know? And I would hope that you, uh, you get someone to do that for you too, you know? If God forbid you end up in a situation like that. So, uh, yeah, that's a, a good shout-out, man. Yeah, the, the only thing that blows my mind about the, the rock star passing, the rock star's passing is just when you think about how many kids, it's their dream to do what these people are doing. And, and a lot of these people have been super blessed, and um, they have families, they have kids, and then they're no longer there you know, for, for their fans or their families. So it's, it's heartbreaking. It is, especially if it's something that's avoidable. And I, I, you know, like this, we've lost a lot of musicians in the last couple of years. A lot of them did not have to go, you know what I mean? And it's a shame because I feel like I've been through, we've all been through times where you're just not sure if you could see a light at the end of the tunnel. And you're like, you know, you, you, you know what I mean? You, the, the vibe that the vibe of giving up, you know, those moments hit all of us. But if you just, persevere you get through it and when you look back it wasn't as bad as you thought or if it was it was a temporary moment you know what i mean you just had to ride it out Mm -hmm. and you know i i would never tell anybody how to live their lives or how or what to do but um it just seems to be that um if if we were a little more supportive of one another i think uh we would have a lot a lot of these guys who who are no longer with us would be here you know what i mean if we could recognize the signs step in and you do a lot of that on your own you help a lot of people. You know, you, we, t- we, had, we talked off podcasts about uh, you reaching out to people. I think we all need to do a little bit of that. Post-COVID, a lot of artists are suffering. You know what I mean? They're trying to get back on their feet. Yeah. So there it is. You know what I mean? That's my two cents. Absolutely. I agree, man. You're right on. Okay. So how about, since you're our uh, guest host, how about you pick a song for us? Uh, is this punk or metal? Anything. I don't care. You're, you're our guest. It's dealer's <laughs> choice. Oh man! I put you on the spot. Striper. Do you have one? No <laughs> way! Don't hey! Don't get me in trouble. Man. To hell with the devil. Um, yeah, well, actually, "Tell What the Devil" is a great song, but "In God We Trust" I think is just an incredible song. You, you want to piss the people off and play that? We can play it. Oh no! I, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, gosh, what song? Oh, I know. Resurrection by Halford. Off the live insurrection album. Holy shit. There it is. That We're going w- deep in the archives. We that are. <laughs> yes. Okay. I was on stage at that con- at that freaking concert. I interviewed Halford and I got stuck out on the stage and I kept and there was a gate and I couldn't and I'm like, how am I gonna get out of here? And it's just like he came on, just started doing the thing, and I'm like, just relax. They'll get you out of here and, you know, but I mean, I'm sorry, those, that first Halford solo record and then this live album, Insurrection, live Insurrection, he does the Judas Priest stuff and he does the fight stuff and he does the Halford stuff and it's like metal on five trillion. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, it is heavy. All right. Let's let's do it then. Bring that energy (laughs) in. Here we go. All right. Cheers.
hi, can I speak to Blind Marky? That's me. Hey, what's up, Mark? Mark what's going on? This is Stan. We've been uh, kind of communicating the last couple of weeks, and uh, we're actually got the show going on. We appreciate you uh, joining us. Right on. Um, quick question. What uh, You have different names. Uh, wh- what do you go by? Uh, well, I mean, people normally just call me Mark. <laughs> I, I like it. I like that. <laughs> we don't need to make it so, too difficult. So we're not going with Mark of the Beast tonight. <laughs> we're blind Marky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, this is Rob. It's uh, good to have you on the show, man. I'm a big fan of the band. Right on, man. Yeah, yeah, we're cool. all stoked, man. Glad, glad you're here. And we got a few people with us. There's actually, we have a guest uh, co-host with us today. His name is Eric Blair. And um, then we got our producer, Chris, and myself, Stan, and then, of course, Bob the Bastard that you were just talking to. Hello. So, uh, Howdy. Yeah, let me tell you, man, it's great to have you on the show. We got a lot of questions for you. So, uh, you know, so get comfortable. <laughs> I'm in my truck, so I'm about as comfortable as it gets. Nice. <laughs> right on. Uh, Eric, you want to you want to oh, uh, start it off? Well, yeah, you know, um, you guys, I listened to your music today, man. It's like you, that's just face melting music. I mean, that's there's no other way to put it. You, um, because of your comparisons to Motorhead, do you have any Lemmy stories? Because I'm sure you've broed out with that guy before. Uh, we did we did do a tour with uh, Motorhead, and um, what year was it? 2004 i believe mm. and so uh yeah yeah uh my <laughs> I, I my uh my wife at the time uh came, came uh for uh to hang out for a couple of dates and uh uh you know the <laughs> we were we were so so we're hanging out we got we've got our own room backstage and motorheads got their got their you know separate rooms or whatever and uh I don't know, you know, like the fucking Motorhead roadies are kind of kind of weird dudes. I mean, seriously weird. <laughs> like, like grabbing me uh, during sound check, you know, and and and, uh, and being like, "Hey, man, come here! I got to show you this right now." And I'm like, okay. I'm like oh, hold, "Hold on, yeah, big time." I was like, "I was like, okay, you guys, I guess I'll, I'll be right back in a second. I figure it has something to do with the guitars or amp. I don't know, something having to do with music. No." Uh, this dude took me back. I can't remember his name, but he fixed my guitar after somebody knocked it over during uh, during a corrosion of conformity set. And uh, but he 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 glued it back together for me, so it kind of you know. Anyway, <laughs> I had to borrow. Ke- I had to play Pepper Keenan's guitar for two shows, nice. and the thing. Well, kind of, not really, because like he he's these huge fucking strings, uh-huh. and I I could barely. I was like, dude, how do you play this fucking thing? <laughs> but uh. So the guy's like, like, come here. And he takes me back on, onto the bus and, uh, and, and, and takes me all the way to the back. And they've got this, like, you know, like a video room or whatever. And, <laughs> and he showed me this, this, one of the most messed up porns I have ever seen in my life. And he's like, look at, and he's like, look at it. Every time I look at him, he's, he's smiling and he's shaking his head like, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, dude, yeah, no, um, I got to go back to sound check. And, and then he like followed me. And like, as I'm going down the steps of the, of the bus, he's like, he's like, he's like, dude, are you not mad? Are you, I mean, are you, are you, are you pissed? And I'm like, no, dude, I just, you know, I'm, 
I'm, I was at soundcheck. I'm not mad at all. He's like, I just don't, you know, I want things to be cool between us. I'm like, dude, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, got, yeah, it sounds like he got pretty, uh, wow. pretty weird there for a second, huh? Well, let me, I, dude. And then, uh, like a little, like a, a couple of dates later, uh, you know, and these roadies are. I here's what I think. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to say. I don't want to say that this is what was going on because probably not. But I think that they were hitting on my wife. Mm. Oh, at yeah. the time no bueno. oh, shit. and uh <laughs> why would that and, not surprise uh, me you know and she <laughs> and she's like trying to you know and she's trying to be cool and like like yeah blah 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 and talk and at some point um i i i, I don't know what, what i was doing i came back and i'm like and she's over there talking to these guys and i'm like hey man where's emily that's my daughter mm. and she's like i don't know i'm like so she just wandered off and she's around here someplace uh, uh, and, she, and she's like She's like, oh my god! And so she starts running around, trying, you know, knocking on all the doors, and and uh, and you know, freaking out. And uh, the 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 last room that that uh, that I didn't try was Lemmy's room, and you know, I didn't feel like I didn't really feel like I should be knocking on that on on that door. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even though he asked us to, he's the one who asked us to go on tour with them. So you know, like. And I just did, you know, so I was just like, fuck it, you know, and I knocked on the door and he opens it and guess who's, uh, guess who's, uh, guess who has gotten his arms, mm. my kid. And he sits down with her and he's like feeding her grapes from the backstage, you know, like they got all this food back there. And <laughs> he was like, he was like, he's like, she's, she's a cute one, isn't she? And I'm like, yeah, man. And he goes, he goes what? He's, like, he's like, how'd you, how'd you let it go off like that? And I'm like, well, uh, it was kind of my wife's fault. And he's like, oh, sure, sure. He goes, you want it back? And I'm like, yeah, can I have her back? He goes, well, maybe. And then he <laughs> gave me back. So, I mean, he was just kind of like ba babysitting my kid for a little while. I thought it was really That's, charming. That wow. is kind of cool. Uncle, Uncle Lemmy, right? I'm a huge Motorhead fan too. That's exactly why I love. I, I'm a big fan of Zeke. I like bands like Nashville Pussy. I like bands that are. Um, you guys don't follow a certain linear path. You guys kind of have a lot of shit mixed into your music, and I I I, I find that refreshing. You know what I mean? Uh, you guys right kind of cross boundaries a little bit. Um, so when you were coming up, uh, was Zeke your first band, or did you cut your teeth on in some other bands beforehand? No, I mean, yeah, you know, I was, I was in a couple of bands when I was, uh, when I was, uh, you know, growing up, of course, you know, in, in, in Arkansas and, uh, you know, I just knew I needed to get the fuck out of there because number one, I didn't fit in at all. And then, uh, and then number two, you know, I, I just kind of felt like, you know, n nobody wanted to, to play the kind of music that I wanted to play, you know, they didn't want to make the same kind of sounds as I, as, as I wanted to make, you know, and, uh, and, and really what I wanted to do was hard rock growing. So you, you know, you probably hear a little bit of rock and, you know, hard, kind of hard rock stuff like, like, uh, you know, whatever ACDC and, and, uh, and, and stuff along those lines. And, uh, and, and, you know, you, you probably are hearing some, some, some other heavier stuff as well. So I, you know, I felt like I should probably move to Los Angeles. I moved to Los Angeles and, uh, met, a, met, met this chick named Whitney Leonard. And she was, uh, just this, she was, a she was a kind of a scenester chick from uh, Washington DC and she grew up in that scene, you know? So she turned me on to a lot of, you know, she was like, I remember she, she was like, she was like, Hey man, you know, if, why don't you start a band? And I'm like, well, that's what I want to do. And she's like, well, if you started a band, what would it be like? 
And I'm like, well, kind of like Motorhead maybe. And she just started dying laughing. And she's like, she's like, that's hilarious. And I'm like, why is that hilarious? And she's like, dude, every guy in Hollywood wants to start a band that's just like Motorhead. And I was like, oh, okay, well, fuck. <laughs> but, she, uh, but she turned me on to like... Uh, she turned me on to Bad Brains. She turned me on to uh, Minor Threat. And kind of Minor Threat was, uh, hearing Minor Threat was kind of a huge thing for me. Mm. You know, and it really changed my ideas about, about music, you know, because I grew up on on Aerosmith, Black Sabbath, Kiss, Alice Cooper Band. I grew up on a lot of metal, you know, Judas Priest, uh, Iron Maiden, uh, you know. So, you know, I just I just wasn't exposed to that much punk rock, and and she 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 really uh, if it wasn't for her, I probably would never have started Zeke. You know, but um, yeah, and uh, and uh, she had a friend named named uh, or a couple of friends named uh, Robin Melody, and they were from Anacortes, Washington originally, but they lived in San Francisco. That's where she knew knew them from, and she uh, and they had a band called Mock Turtle, and uh, she thought that well we, first of all you know i this kind of sucks and it's just a part of my life or whatever you know i got kind of screwed up on drugs and and uh and she and i had pretty major uh heroin habits at the time and she wanted to clean up and she thought that the best way to do that was to go up to san francisco and stay with these guys and uh and maybe have me play in their band and so i sent them a couple of tapes and they said yeah come on up so i moved up we moved up to san francisco and i started playing in this kind of quasi psychedelic band you know it's kind of like maybe like uh it's hard to categorize but like it's kind a, of like a hawkwind type of thing like really yeah, psychedelic or well, not not psychedelic like Hawkwind. That would be really cool, but <laughs> but not <laughs> Hawkwind, dude. So so maybe MC Five uh, mixed like maybe MC Five mixed with a uh, Bluish Recall. Got it. Like oh. er, like er, early Bluish Recall, like the first three albums. Hey, hey, what, so, what year was this? I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, this is probably like 1987. Mm. Okay. And uh, so I went up there, uh, auditioned, got the got the job, and started playing with these guys. And unfortunately, it was difficult to to get off heroin in San Francisco because uh, there's a lot of it there. And not only that, but the uh, <laughs> the band members that I was, you know, the, the, the other members of the band were all uh, completely uh, addicted to uh, to opiates and and other shit. And so. It was, uh, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, well, yeah, her thinking to go up there to get clean with a bunch of drug addicts might be a difficult task. Right. And so we, a bunch of things happened in San Francisco that I don't want to get into because it would be, it would, it would not be good. But, uh, but they, they decided to, that they wanted, that they wanted to get off drugs. And so we all moved up to Anacortes to, to, uh, to, to, to their parents' house and, uh, or to their family's house, and uh, and and we and we got off dope there, mm -hmm. and then of course got back on dope living in San because we moved down to Seattle, and uh, yeah, and and that's when I met Donnie. Donnie came and played drums with Mock Turtle for a, for a couple of weeks, and then he quit the band, and and uh, and and uh, we decided we you know I'd, I'd already showed him a couple of songs that that were kind of like Zeke's song that you know she I think Chiva was one, and and I had these two songs Chiva and Galaxy Five Hundred, and uh, he said yeah let's do this, and uh, and so that's that's so we quit Mock, Mock Turtle and started putting together Zeke. 
Now, uh, that was um, that band was made up of uh, you. And, this is Donnie Paycheck you're talking about, right? Yeah. And yep. uh, Mark Pierce and uh, Dizzy Lee Roth, right? Dizzy Lee Roth was in. It was me and Donnie and Dizzy at first, and uh, and then later on, Mark Pierce joined. How long before? Since the inception of that band, before you guys put out um, your first release, which, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, uh, West Seattle Acid Party? Yeah. Yeah. How long did it take you to get the band together, get it organized, and put that out? I mean, I guess it took less than a year. Like, I want to say that 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 record came out. We started in 92, and I, I think that that single came out maybe in 93, that's awesome. You guys were up and rolling pretty fast, huh? Uh, yeah, well, it was really surprising because when me and when me and Dizzy and Donnie got together, the first I, I think the first two weeks we already had almost an album worth of material. Wow! Wow! Um, um, I'm wondering. Okay, so you were in Seattle in '92 when you were putting the band together. Yes. Okay, so we, we, everything is going on at that time. I mean, the whole grunge scene, the sub-pop things happening, did you ever cross paths with any of those people? Soundgarden, Nirvana, any of those people? Um, no, not not really. You know, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really, you know, like, like I'm, I'm kind of a loner. And, and really, if you, if you met Donnie, I don't know if, you, if you've met Donnie or you've, and most people haven't met Dizzy, but, but those are guys that, that aren't, <laughs> I don't know, man. So, <laughs> Uh, don't take no public. I mean, I mean to be, I mean to be on. I mean, I don't want to, you know, like there's there's some things that I could bring up here that you know, like like I I have hung up. I ha- I've hung out with Mark Arm a few a few times. Okay, you know, but you know, and I and I'm just gonna say that you know that was in, in a kind of a partying slash listening to music kind of mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> forum sort of thing over at his place, and uh, and then we you know we because so, we have some associations you know or, or uh, people that are that are uh, what do you call it acquaintances that are shared shared acquaintances, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then you know Tad. Tad Doyle, you know, uh, I guess he would be included in that, in in that whole thing. And, uh, you know, he and I have been friends for, I mean, I don't know, maybe since 94. Um, you know, the guys in Coffin Break, I don't know if you'd consider them, uh, you know, like, uh, part of that, that grunge scene, but, but that was the, the, uh, Rob and Rob and Dave from Coffin Break and me, and Dougie from this band called the Center Stitch Six, which is an amazing garage band from from the Northwest, uh, were the Felch Tones, you know, and and that's that's a that's a Ramones cover band from from up here. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know I, I do know I do know, I do know some of those people, but uh, it's it's you know. Yeah, so I call it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was. It's interesting because since you didn't fit in with that crowd, right? Your, Zeke, right from the its inception, was a bit different, and you had yeah. all these conflicting, not conflicting, but just a varied amount of um, uh, interest musically. So you, you know, because what comes through in your recordings from the early on all the way to you know your recent stuff is that you have a pretty eclectic mix of really fast almost hardcore music and then you've got that the straightforward rock and roll numbers you throw in there you slow it down you've got groove you got a little blues influence in there and um i can imagine in 92 in seattle that was probably you're probably it was a tough you had a niche that wasn't really widely 
accepted, I guess. I don't know, or known about. You guys had a different vibe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just wondering how you navigated. How long before you guys started getting traction and, and started seeing uh, heads at the shows? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, um, you know that. I guess I would have to say that that uh, uh, me and Donnie Di and Dizzy, uh, you know, were, were trying to do something for you know, trying to make something. Happen. I don't know. We just we were just doing we were just doing shows, you know, and uh, and and yeah, I guess nobody was really showing up. We had a few, you know, decent gigs, but you know, nothing more than you know, twenty five, thirty people at any of our sh shows that you know, people that were coming regularly. And then, I don't know, I think, uh, we did a, sh Donnie quit. And then we did a show at a place called the, uh, I think it's called the store, the storeroom. And, uh, and all of a sudden the place was just packed and there was, you, there was like a hundred people in there. And then after that, it just, it, yeah, it just kind of exploded. We did, we did some touring, you know, and that was really rough because, you know, it, it takes a while to build up any kind of, you know, following, you know, doing touring and especially doing our kind of music. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it only, I guess it took like three or four years. When did you guys do your first tour? I remember seeing you guys in the night. I think I would think it was mid nineties. I mean, I was maybe a little out of it, but when I first saw you guys, I was blown away. I didn't know anything about you guys. I just, when I saw you guys on the flyer, it said Zeke. I'm like, what the fuck Zeke? And then I saw you guys play, and I was like, "These guys fucking rule." Mm. But I'm trying to think when that was. Um, I, I'm not sure. If, I mean, there was a pretty healthy crowd. This was in Long Beach, um, Signal Hill, I believe, at a club. I saw you guys. Um, do you remember when you started touring? Like, when did that start happening? Uh well, yeah. I don't. Uh, I think maybe '92 was the first time that we. Uh, you know, I think we did it through like. <laughs> There was like a some kind of like thing called Book Your Own Life uh, that Maximum Rock and Roll put put out, and uh, it was just like really like a, a catalog of, uh, of 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 contacts for 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 uh, for underground bands, and uh, and we wound up booking a tour through through using that as a resource, and so we wound up playing a bunch of uh, house parties, but I still, I still thought we, it was still extensive, you know, like we basically did the whole country. So I, w I, I would definitely call it a tour. So I would say we've been doing that since the first, uh, year of the band. Oh, nice. You guys once navigated your way through a few labels and then eventually, uh, you, you guys put out kicked in the teeth and, and that was on, uh, I believe on epitaph, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, how was your experience? Uh, first time getting in the studio and doing all that stuff. Um, do you have any good memories of, the, of getting that going? Well, I don't. I I remember like uh, the uh, all the, the early singles that we did were, were were real. You know, like let's get some money together. You know, like see if somebody will give us some cash for that. You know, and you know, Wrecking Ball Records uh, gave us some money. I think uh, you know IFA. Richard Lefebvre's uh, old label, uh, you know, gave us money to, to, to do, uh, to do our early singles. And, uh, and so oh, we got cash. Let's go, you know, book, book some studio time and go in there. And, and, you know, we, we were always, you know, drinking and, you know, like the, the early recordings were pretty fun. And, uh, somehow 
uh, Bill Stevenson and Stephen Egerton heard heard a heard a tape of us, and then and then came and uh, got and got in, got in touch with us and said that they wanted to if you know if we do if we do an album they wanted to be a part of that. Richard Lefebvre wanted to put out a a, a full a full length for us, and so when he had the money to do it, he called he called Bill or we called Bill, and. Uh, you know, Bill Stevenson from wow. Black Flag, you know, for me, that was like, you know, I kind of felt like, what the fuck is going on here? And, you know, Bill came in and he was like, this is going to be a classic punk rock album, man. This is, this, has, you know, we're gonna, me and me and, me and Stefan are going to come in here and make this the, the, the greatest sounding thing ever. And, you know, I don't know if it is the greatest sounding thing ever. And, and I don't know if it's a classic punk rock album or whatever, but, uh, but it was just, it was amazing to be in the studio with those two guys. Mm. You know, it was kind of, you know, like, wow, we're here with these legends and they're going to produce our fucking album. And, uh, you know, so it was interesting. That's incredible. <laughs> I, I've never heard that. I didn't, I didn't realize you had that, uh, that experience. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, uh, those, those guys did that album and they did death alley. Oh, no way. Okay. Yep. Did uh, Stevenson give you any advice about your career at that point? Bill Stevenson used to like get up at, in the morning and drink so much coffee. I've never seen like two, two pots of coffee, walk into the studio while I was trying to warm up my amp, pick up my guitar and start playing, uh, uh, Greg Ginn leads. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's funny. Like he just had this thing where, you know, he, he had played with that guy for so long that he knew how to uh, mimic his guitar style. Exactly. Wow. Like he could play Greg, Greg Ginn solos note for note. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. <That's laughs> and then eventually, eventually he would get around to, you know, recording us. What, um, so so it's been said that he told me i played guitar like ted nugent oh cool shit. <laughs> well, i i can kind of get that a little bit you guys you guys kind of have that grit thing going on with with your music too yeah. like a little bit of that southern thing happening so i could definitely see that what you know it's said that you have like some of your fans are duff mckagan from guns and roses and hank the third what do you know about that uh i didn't i didn't know that you know that that uh sheldon liked our band that much. i you know i just I, i've never really talked to him about it but uh yeah i know that i know i know i've seen duff in a, at a few zeke shows so you know if, I'm, I'm not surprised if he says he likes our band or whatever how crazy is that for you man <laughs> well i don't know man you know i like a lot of bands you know <laughs> so when you uh so okay so that's a pretty awesome experience uh in, in a studio to have guys like that overseeing your music and and uh yeah. you know that's that's got to be a fucking mind blower so you go for so go from there man so you uh because you guys you, you've had a long career it's it's um it's impressive and you've kept the band going this time this whole time and you've landed in a couple different spots with a couple different labels and none of them are exactly like the previous label you've been on epitaph relapse have you been on some pretty awesome labels man so um what about epitaph because that one kind of strikes me as a little a little outside the norm you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So how well, was your experience? I just feel like I feel like what you know, like Brett was wanting to do was you know, I don't know. I think he appreciated the Humpers, and he, I think he appreciated the, the Dwarves, and I, I, you know, I just think that he liked that kind of down and dirty, you know, rock and roll approach, and uh, he wanted to sign a bunch of those bands to a subsidiary label of Epitaph, and then at some point decided that no, we'll just put these bands 
on as epitaph artists and you know it's kind of interesting what happened because you know i feel like the dwarves completely changed everything about the dwarves in order to you know facilitate what they felt was kind of a good fit for epitaph records you know and then saying that they they sort of evolved their sound to fit within the range of uh of epitaph records I, I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't say that. No, Brian's going to fucking that sound like well, that's, that's kind of. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, man, but I'm a lot. I'm around a lot of like record executives and and management, and I'm seeing a trend. And I guess this has been going on for a long time. That basically a lot of times labels sign people and then they want to change them. So I mean, well, did you I don't face- think Epitaph. I don't think Epitaph had anything to do with the dwarf changing, okay. except for I think that Blag probably decided, hey, you know, let's let's make this work. I, I don't know. I'm and, and that's just conjecture. Yeah. That's conjecture. You know, that's just, and it's and it's just what I think I hear. But do you think that but, opened the door for more bands like Zeke to come come through and be a part of that label? Not at all because you know they really slammed the the door shut shut on us after after a couple of years, you know, I think uh, that you know like the the they they dropped the humpers, they dropped the doors, they dropped us, right. they dropped you know I think that he, I think that maybe after uh, Brett got his head together a little bit, you know, yeah, because he was a little bit out there for a while. He, uh, you know, he, he, he decided that maybe it wasn't the best business venture. There wasn't a whole lot of money in it. You know, in order to be a success on, on even the underground label or on the, uh, the alternative, uh, you know, underground uh, realm, you have to pull in, you have to sell 200,000 uh, records quarterly. That's a lot of records, man. Shit, um, yeah. So uh, I don't think any of any any of those bands, you know, uh, us, the New Bomb Turks, the Humpers, are, are are doing any kind of sales like that. And so I, do, I just don't think that Brett could felt like he could it could he could sustain it. Right. So I don't know. So I don't even know how 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 relapse does it. So you know, I just I just don't have any idea about that side of the industry. You know, it's 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 not it's not anything that i'm interested in i just want those motherfuckers to give me some money to do a record you know if i'm ready to do a record which is you know these days not very often well you do have a new signal out though don't you well i have a new album i have a new uh well i mean it's not that recent you know like uh what what year did hellbender come out that's 2018 yeah yeah, so nineteen twenty twenty. God damn! So it's already been like four years yeah. since since I since I even did that. I guess we are. I guess we are working on a single right now. We've got a few shows uh, coming up. Uh, we got three Los Angeles shows, something in Las Vegas, and then something in Colorado, and then possibly an Australian tour. So you know, we'll see what happens. Right. I know I've got. So- I know I've got songs. I can tell you that. Uh- what did you put out? There was a song I just recently heard from you guys, which made me think you had a new album out uh, as of 21, and it was Cities on on Flame with Rock and Roll. Blue Esther oh. Cult. Blue Esther Cult cover. Yeah, is that, that cover, is that just a standalone? Well, you know, uh, do you guys know who Poison Idea uh, oh, yeah. is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan too. Just one of the greatest hardcore bands ever. <laughs> but uh, uh, the Ian McKay uh, cover, right? You know what I'm talking about? They had like, uh, uh, never mind. It, <laughs> they had a controversial uh, cover with uh, Ian McKay on it one time that caused some controversy. But anyway, uh, please come on. Uh, do you? So you know that Steve uh, or you know that uh, Slayer hippie passed away? No, I didn't no, actually I, know that. No. Yeah, Steve Hanford passed away. Rest in peace. 
Yeah. And, uh, but, but he and I were working on a bunch of stuff and he wanted Zeke to do a, uh, cover of, a. Uh, he, he, he was working on that bluish recult compilation that, that came out. That's actually, uh, that's actually something Steve did on his own. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. So it's an actual <laughs> compilation of everyone doing, uh, blue Easter cult covers, right? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Nice. Yep. And, uh, he, you know, he really wanted us to do it. So, so me and me and Jeff, uh, Jeff, Hyatt from Zeke and Jeff Matz that used to be in Zeke and is now in High on Fire uh, went over there and, uh, and and recorded that version of uh, of Cities on Flame. Uh, I'm just random question. Favorite Black Sabbath record? Oh God. Um, well, I mean, I hate to say it, man, but but my favorite Black Sabbath album is uh, is Sabbath Holy Sabbath. That's a great one, man. That's I cool. mean, you know, Sabra Cadabra, uh, uh, Spiral Architect, um, a National Acrobat, the title song. Uh, Who are you? You know, killing yourself to live. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, are you? You know, Jesus, dude. <laughs> yeah, that is. You know, that is probably my favorite Black Sabbath album. But you know, it's it's impossible to say. You know, what is your black favorite Black Sabbath album? You know, because you know, I mean, I don't know, Master Reality. Dude, come on, you know, uh, Lord of This World, yeah. fucking After Forever. Yeah. You know, what about Volume 4, you know, Cornucopia? Um, uh, I mean, just just about every track on Volume 4 is just so... It's Nothing has ever been as heavy as that. Not the Melvins, not Electric Wizard. Nobody's really, you know, nobody's ever reached that. So... You know, and then you know, what about sabotage? What about hole in the oh, sky? Man. What about uh, what's the uh, now 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 I guess I don't give a fuck. I just think it's an amazing fucking record. <laughs> the first time I, the first time I heard that, we were me, me and my friend James. James were uh, we were we were we used to we used to whenever it was raining in Arkansas, we would at at nighttime we would go out to the go kart tracks, you know, and uh, and go four wheeling in his jeep, and we would just drink Jack Daniels and crank Black Sabbath wow. up as loud as we could, and uh, and and uh, I remember he. he got that at the record exchange and he's like we should check this one out and the you know the first song on that thing is hole in the sky you know and it sounds like there's some kind of submarine sounds or some shit mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the heaviest riff you've ever you know like we're fucking out there for a while and it was probably one of the you know that's that's a high point of my life right there dude sounds like fun man. awesome what other kind of bands what other bands are you into or were into are into like what are your influences I know it's a standard question, but uh, no, I mean you know, like when I was when I was a kid, it was Alice Alice Cooper and Kiss, to be honest. And then uh, you know, uh, and then you you kind of backtrack and find, and you know, if you if you're if you're a if you're a rock and roll fanatic like I like I was, you know, you kind of backtrack and find out what your favorite band's influences are. And I found out that you know, like the guys in Kiss were in the uh, Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, and you know, so I I, I buy all of those records. 
every one of them, you know, and, li and listen to all of them. So, you know, the, the Zeps, the Stones, you know, uh, you know, I had, I don't know, man, it's, there's just, just so, so much music, you know, like I said, I didn't, I was growing up in Fayetteville, Arkansas, so I didn't have any exposure to punk rock until 19, you know, I mean, until uh, after the 70s, so 1980, when I moved up to San, San Francisco was really the first time that I, that I was really exposed to that, to, to, to that form, you know, and uh, before that, it's all, it's all pretty much hard rock, you know, it's, at some point I kind of got more into metal because I'm really into guitar, and so, you know, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. Uh, when when you started discovering punk rock, what were the 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 bands that really got you going? Like, you remember the first time you heard a band, a punk rock yeah. band that you were like, "Holy fucking shit!" You know? Yeah, I think that that was probably you know it's it's weird you know because uh, you know like I, I got bombarded with shit when I when I moved to uh, to uh, Los Angeles and and then right after that San Francisco and so. You know, I heard I heard music like uh, you know, Minor Threat, this uh, I don't know, Angry Samoans. Uh, those were two two big influences. Nice, nice. Hey, I have, I have a question for you. Um, how did you come up with the name Zeke? Uh, well, <clears throat> that, that was Dizzy tweaking, and he uh, he wrote <laughs> down, He was like, he's like, you want a band name? I can give you a band name. And I was like, okay, well, you know, let's let's discuss discuss it. He's like, he's like, I'll be back. And then I didn't see I didn't see him for a little while. And I guess and you know he he'd written down like four pages on you know it's like three columns, four pages of names. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And I was I was living in in Donnie's closet at the time for I think two hundred dollars a, a month, and uh, and just he knocked on my closet door and he's like he's like hey here I got I got some band names and he like started reading through them and then you know it's like this that and the other thing and then and then one of them was zeke and i was like wait a minute what did you just say he's like zeke and i'm like that's the name right there <laughs> nice. so it's awesome. just some some name no, no real significance behind the name i like get a, a dog named zeke or something or <laughs> I, I wish it was that cool you know <laughs> mark, mark what did you like about it when you heard it I don't know, man. I don't. I, I. I'm not sure. I just knew that that was the name. Different. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean. Simple to remember. So, uh, you, um, you went through all these labels. You're still with Relapse right now, right? I'm not that you care about labels, but you're still uh, going through them, right? Um. I, well, I. I don't. I don't know. I guess. I mean, that's the last. That's the last record that. Uh, the last record company that I put anything out on. So you know, I. I, I'm not really, well, the I'm not reason, really sure. The reason I ask is because you got you're being you guys are uh, Zeke is all over the place right now. You guys are playing a lot of shows, and you're 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 kind of you're all over the place. And um, I maybe wonder if you guys have something in the works. Well, like I said, I mean, you know, I'm I don't know, man. I don't really uh, I don't I don't conduct conduct business on a. On, on that type of formal level, you know, and, and I don't, and I don't schedule anything, mm. you know, usually I do, a, I, I'm, I, one thing leads to another, like, you know, we did this reunion show, um, and, uh, and that just happened to lead to a bunch of other shows and then, a and then a potential tour. Uh, I had a couple of songs bouncing around and that's probably going to wind up being a, a single, that single might mushroom into a album but i don't really know so i i don't have like any any concrete plans but but you know you'll 
you'll uh, you'll know one way or another. <laughs> so you guys have been to Europe, right? Have you played? In oh Europe? God, a bunch probably of like fifteen times. Wow, and I'm sure. So, can you tell us some good uh, European tour stories? I know they probably really embraced you guys out there. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, dude, for, for for one thing, you know, Europe's not that crazy, you know. Um, the the states are were way more, uh, way worse. But uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> I've heard a lot of uh, interesting stories about some of your shows and, and some. Something, you know, I've heard some stories about, you know, bases getting thrown in the audience and, uh, you know, some stuff like that. Hey, and, what happened? Uh, something about a bass player, your bass player oh, chucking yeah. his, his bass out in the audience every once in a while after a couple of songs and having some, you know, oh. am I wrong about that? Because I, I remember reading nah. that somewhere. That's why we, that's, that's when we caught, Kurt, that's why we kicked Kurt out of the band in 1995. <laughs> was because he couldn't keep his bass on for more than two songs. As soon you know, we, we'd, get, we'd get through two songs, and he, that the bass would go out into the audience, and then he would jump out into the audience. It's like, dude. <laughs> I, at one point, I was like, I was like, hey man, you know, I want to talk to you for a minute. And I took him back to the van. I'm like, dude, you can't do that anymore. There's like record companies coming to check us out, and if you want to be a part of that, we we can't we can't. We can't. We got to actually make it through an entire set. Do you understand that? And he was like, he was like, yeah, Mark, I totally understand that. I'm sorry. And I was like, so you, you can't do that anymore. And he's like, I, I promise that won't happen again. And I was like, okay. Next night, I think it was Houston, Texas, and this and and you know, and these and this. Uh, I can't remember who it was. They they were coming to see us. They were going to do it. They were talking about doing an album. This and that and the other thing. We get through one song, and and uh, and and I'm and I'm playing, and 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 it's sounding great, and the place is fucking packed, and I'm like, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden, something drops out of the sound. I'm not sure what's going on. I wonder if if Sunday's guitar isn't you know plugged in or something. I look over, and of course, there's no Kurt. And then I look out into the audience, and the bass is getting crowd surfed out to wherever <laughs> Kurt's getting crowd surfed out to wherever. And he's looking at me with, you know, just like a look of terror on his face. And I'm just like, fuck man. And then I, I just, I looked back at Donnie, Donnie smashed his drums. I took my guitar, threw it behind the fucking amps. And that was the end of that show. And it was the end of that chance for the, for the, for the, for that album. And, uh, you know, it's all right because it wound up being an, an epitaph release anyway, kicked of the teeth. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, that's, wow. that's how you, that's, that's how you get kicked out of a band. Yeah, that'll do it. I mean, there's so, yeah, I mean, dude, I, I could tell you guys stories, but I, you know, like a lot of them are just horrible, horrible, you know, and I've got a kid now, you know, I'm trying to clean up my act a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> cool. How old's your kid? Uh, she's 18. What is that like being a dad? Like what you've been through? Do you have any fears for your daughter being 18 years old in this crazy world right now? Oh yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's, you know how it works. You know, if you're, if you, if you, my dad, my dad was a military uh, guy and then he wound up being a, a university professor and he never drank or smoked in his whole life. So, you know, I wound up being the, the you know, just the polar diametric opposite of him. And that's kind of the way my, kid turned out to be too so far does she like your music oh yeah 
yeah yeah she loves zeke that's awesome man that's awesome <laughs> so you're a you're a carpenter by trade right uh I'm, I'm building bridges i was building bridges today yeah wow that's awesome man and that's that's been your um your profession throughout your whole you know musical life as well uh here and there yeah yeah right on. yeah i i I did, I did a lot of like home remodel stuff and and now it's turned into like a union big giant you know kind of building big ass infrastructure kind of thing so you do a but little yeah. uh, vacation time and go on tour right that sounds like a good i just took, i just took, i just took six months off I, I could have gone on tour if i wanted to but but uh i, I really just sat on my ass and watched doctor who for six months <laughs> nice <laughs> so you got some shows coming up man are you excited uh i'm pretty excited to do the uh to do the la shows i'm pretty excited to do i'm i'm, re I'm really excited to do all the shows the only thing i'm a little bit worried about is going to australia again man because that was a that was such a nightmare you know the last time that we went out there this they've got those fucking uh you know flying chihuahuas that have fucking seven foot wingspans and oh, glowing red eyes do you know what i'm talking about no. i don't Chupacabra? think everything out there wants to kill you I know that. oh man dude i i was uh you know that's i that was that was a bad experience for me when we did the australian and, and the australia Jap japan tour because you know uh i got so stressed out in japan you know i started drinking again and this is after you know clean you know getting clean for a little while you know, they, these Japanese people were just like, you know, boy, you can't do this. You can't do that. Don't do this. Don't do this other thing. Turn down this and that and the other thing. And, uh, at the end of that tour, I took my, I took my, my, uh, my one less paw, smashed it through the ceiling and, uh, kicked my amp over because, you know, I, I was just, I was just like, fuck this. It sounds terrible. I can't do this. And, uh, and then I and then I and then everybody made me feel so bad about it that you know it's not everybody else's fault it's my fault that when we got to Australia you know and and I hooked up with those guys from the Powder Monkeys you know I was off and running again doing 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 hard drugs and uh, you know so it was I kind of a bad experience on that level with Australia and then also you know it's like man you know it's the fucking wild west out there and mm. and and uh and you know you, you're you're kind of we were kind of left to fend for ourselves even though we had you know we're in a school bus with two guys from the from the anyas and they're driving us across the fucking outback and <laughs> you know like That's insane. it's 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 fucking lord of the flies out there man you know wow. it's like it, it's like i don't know where you know the diners you know you you go by these diners there's the lights are off there's nothing the only food they don't really have food there they've got meat pies mate you know that's about it <laughs> they don't want you to fuck with their women you know like if you start talking to a you know we mark pierce was talking to some chick at one of these diners just this girl and uh and then all of a sudden these guys it was fucking full-on mad max these guys come <laughs> these, these fucking guys come driving in on a pickup truck and there's like three of the guys are in the back they're in shorts they're dirty they're just like it's like what the fuck is up with these guys they jump out of the truck and come running in and they're like hey what's going on and she's like oh it's okay everything's fine don't worry and they're like hey you're trying to hit on it and we're like no he wasn't don't worry about it and we just got the fuck out of there as fast as we could man that's awesome dude what a great uh, yeah. that sounds like some kind of like kung fu movie or something like no, it didn't didn't feel like a kung fu movie it felt like that sounds felt like high school yeah. all your so, were the uh torches and pitchforks right 
running. Yeah, I don't know. Town. Jesus. So okay, yeah. so I, that would that would be put a damper on a, uh, another trip to Australia. But this time around, it's uh, post COVID, right? Like uh, maybe there's a different vibe out there. Well, when was the last time you were out there? What what year was that? Do you remember? Oh, uh, that was ni- 1999. Oh yeah, man, it's what a different a world. Year. I mean, the only thing that hasn't changed is that everything in Australia wants you dead. But yeah, other than that, you, you know, it's probably a little more mellow. But uh, you're playing a lot of local shows too, man. Um, with some bands that I love too. So yeah, uh, you're it, coming. He's coming out to. You're going to be in Orange County and Long Beach. Because uh, I saw that those look like really good shows. Alex's Bar and the uh, is it the Tiki Bar? Well, no, you're, um, you're playing. You're playing uh, Alex's uh, in June. I think, right? Let's just start over, and let's just ask you, what shows do you have coming up, and what are you looking forward to? Uh, I, that's that's it. The the three LA shows and the, uh, you know, the Denver and the, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Alex's. Oh, it's in Long Beach. Las Vegas. Oh, awesome. Right on. So, cool, man. So, uh, I'm glad you guys are still active, man, and getting out there, man. It's uh, Now that the world's opening up again, it's really cool yeah. as a fan to see all these guys come come back and get back on the road. You know what I mean? So You're, you're awesome. going to be embraced because everyone's talking about those shows when you come down to South, Southern California. I mean, because we, we got uh, our friends' bands are playing on some of those bills, and uh, it, it, there's going to be a, a big crowd. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I hope so. Oh, hey, I wanted to ask you something actually, just off kilter. But um, you know, I love the guitar work in Zeke. I like the way that you incorporate a lot of hardcore, fast, like fucking all out opened up music. But also, you you incorporate some, a lot of solos, uh, a lot of really good riffs. Do you have a favorite like guitar? Do you have like a Black Beauty? You know what I mean? Do you have like your go to guitar? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you know the the I, I haven't had that many guitars. Interestingly enough, and I'm not a guitar collector. I really, I don't, I don't love guitars. You know what I mean? Um, they're like, for me, it's a, a guitar is like a skill saw or a you know, it's a tool. You know, and and it's you know just something that I use to get the get the sounds that I need to get out of it. And and for me, the Les Paul works the best, just because really it's it's the heaviest sounding guitar that I've. That, that I've come across, you know. Actually, recently I came across a re, an actual BC Rich Mockingbird, and that might be the heaviest sounding guitar I've ever heard. Really? So, yeah. I don't know what kind of wood is in those things, man, but it's heavy shit. It might be all mahogany. I don't know what it is, but it's an amazing sounding instrument, man. Uh, you know, and, and this is the neck through 1970s beveled, you know, uh, heel kind of, uh, 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 BC, BC rich. It's a really heavy guitar, literally heavy and then heavy sounding. But, uh, you know, um, and then so far as my Les Pauls, I had a, uh, my first, the, the first Les Paul that I used for, uh, Zeke, I gave to, uh, a girlfriend and then got another Les Paul, use that for, uh, um, touring off the first album, flat tracker, uh, uh, kicked in the teeth. So that, that guitar has been all around the world a few times. And I gave that to, uh, Casey Dixon, who's the guitar player for the, uh, convictions. And that, you know, I, if you guys like Zeke at all, you guys, uh, and, and you like really, ex- if you like extreme music, that's like, you know, based in hardcore, you guys should check out convictions because that's one of the most amazing, uh, bands, ha- most exciting, amazing bands happening right now. I think, I believe. Where are they out of? What's that? Where Where are they based out of? 
Oh, they're they're based out of Seattle, actually. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, I'll, I'll look them up. What sure. amp are you playing through right now? Um, I'm playing through a uh, you know like uh, right now I'm playing through a Marshall uh, J JCM two thousand. You know, I I had a when when I first started st when I first started the band I used a I used a JCM eight hundred and then uh, moved to a JMP. And then moved back to the JCM 800, but these are all modded JCMs, okay. you know, and uh, and they were modded by this guy named Andy Marshall, who doesn't do amp mods anymore. So, uh, I so then I had to like look for amps that had been modded by him, and what happens with those amps is the is the, is the tone degrades gradually, and and at some point you just can't use the amp anymore. It doesn't matter retubing it, whatever. It doesn't. Or, you know, like re, you know, fucking with a circuit board or whatever doesn't really bring it back. You know, at some point it just doesn't sound the same anymore. So, the the closest thing that I could find that uh, to, to to the sound that I got with the JCM 800s that Andy Marshall had modded for me were is is the JCM 2000. That's awesome, man. You're keeping it kind of classic with the with the setup. You know, with the Marshalls, a lot of guys are going to. A lot of people are going to different. You know, orange and, and different amps. Well, but, Mesa uh, Mesa Boogie is yeah. that used to be like the monster back in like the late eighties. In fact, Metallica used the the Mesa Boogie D one eighty bass amp to record all the rhythm tracks for Injustice for All. And I mean, that was pretty heavy at the time. Was there bass on Injustice for All? There, no, the bass, they used bass heads to actually record the rhythm tracks. That's right, what right. was sick about it, yeah. Well, man, I, I don't want to keep you all night. Um, we're just thrilled that you came on the show, and we appreciate it. Yeah, man, and uh, we're looking forward to your shows out here You know, in our neck of the woods. So really appreciate you coming on with us and and being available to talk, you know, and, um, and uh, yeah, for sure. And we'll have to uh, close this uh, one of these songs. So what Zeke song should we play? Um, how about we do, uh, let's do, let's just do Dolphin Wolf. I love that song. You cool with that? Let's do that. Sure. All right. Sounds good. Dolphin Wolf. Hey man, thank you again so much, uh, Eric. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. You rule. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, uh, look, we look forward to seeing you at the shows, man. All right, man. I'll see you there. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Bye. Bye.
Wow, that was a fun interview. You guys, uh, what do you guys think? Pretty good. Yeah. Well, you know what I think. I'm already a big fan. So <laughs> yeah. That was that was super uh, interesting. That was fun. Learned a lot, lot more about that band than I, you know, even expected. So um, that was great. And I just kind of wanted to touch a little bit about some of the things that we've done recently with our documentary. Um, for people that don't know, we're filming a documentary on the Orange County punk scene called What's it called? Bob the Bastard. It's called Where the County Line Ends, The Evolution of Orange County Punk. Yes, yes. And so we got to actually interview Ed Culver uh, last weekend, and that was really fun because, you know, Ed took a lot of those iconic, uh, famous punk punk pictures and actually took a lot of uh, pictures of our, of our favorite Orange County bands. And he's got this where he lives he's got this really cool backyard it's just really chill atmosphere and he's just he's such a cool guy so welcoming let us in sat down with us you know just we just got to hang out with him for the afternoon and it was totally chill i mean you you guys have the only thing that sucked was the (laughs) fucking traffic right chill for you dude i was so stressed so (laughs) i'm going like this is like this legendary photographer and i'm i'm the camera guy so i'm like ah dude he's gonna and I forgot my tripods because we were trying to figure out who was going to drive. And in the fray, like I loaded my camera bag and I loaded my um, my lighting and everything. And then we get there and I'm like, I had like this sinking feeling. Dude, I forgot my tripod. At least you didn't forget the cameras. Two tripods. I know. <laughs> so we had that handheld. And they actually came out pretty good. Like they really I did. Chris and um, me is uh, Bob the tri the tri Bob. <laughs> so I had camera B up on the ledge, like shooting down at him, and um, he kind of stabilized it on the rail, and it it worked. But you know, it's like that man. We look like rookies. Like, I think it and it said cool. Culver. It wasn't like just some band guy that wouldn't know. It was like a photographer. He's like, I think I have a tripod, and we're like, Nah, dude, we're gonna handhold. Like that was our creative vision or something. Yeah, no, no. In this in this <laughs> scenario, we're going to handhold. <laughs> it's funny because he wasn't the least bit put off by it, though. And, and in fact, he was giving you a lot of compliments on um, the way you're setting up your shots. Like it, it must have been for you. It must have been like, holy shit, Ed Culver is giving me tips and complimenting me. Yeah, that guy's a genius. Like when it comes to lighting, because he he like knew. Like most people don't know this stuff, and he's all. Oh, yeah, the, it's a little hot in my nose right now. Just like the the sunlight coming through the leaves. And I'm just like, damn, this guy's like just an expert in lighting and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. It was really cool, but kind of stressful for me. But in the end, we had fun and everything yeah, it worked was, out. It we worked got a good out. interview. The audio came out great. Well, he was just really, he was just really making it easy on us. Yeah. You know what I mean? He had a great spot for us to set up. And uh, I mean, dude, he brought his coffee. He was telling Chris. He asked Chris to come back, and and, and that you know. guy has like the craziest, the coolest sense of humor. Like everything started with like a grandpa joke, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he had so many jokes, and he invented jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was really just cool to get his perspective on. I mean, he knew all of our favorite Orange County bands when they were like young kids and stuff, you know, and coming down to the Cuckoo's Nest and doing photography there and just uh he, he was everywhere for i mean he i think he just said he found like a thousand more unseen pit like 
unseen uh, pictures that he's sifting through. Like, man, man imagine those. Can you imagine the gold in there? Let, let's just take a second. Let's just take one second. I know we, we're, we're running a little bit long on the pod, but let's take a second and just name off a couple of album covers that he's responsible for. Bad Religions, How Could Hell Be Any Worse? Ed Culver. Uh, the Circle Jerks, Group Sex Album. Ed Culver. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that. That gang scene with with all the kids and yeah, all, yeah. all the people that ended up Damaged. becoming legends. Damage, Black Flag, oh, yeah. and Culver. I mean, Rollins. this guy's a fucking legend. The boots, the freaking how could hell be any, or the, the bad first. religion eighty three eighty five comp boots. Yeah, the eighty eighty five comp. That's like that, iconic. Yeah, it's all it's all iconic. But that's just like album covers. Then he's just got the like the flip, the um, oh, yeah. wasted youth. Was it Wasted Youth? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a Wasted Youth patch on the guy's pants at some show. Doing It was at the Olympic, I believe, or something. Somewhere, yeah. somewhere crazy. But Somebody's that thing's been memed, and like, I guess he says it's, like, been, it's yeah. been used like a thousand times. Like, so shit like well, that's I, always fun. Did he do the adolescence? Yeah, he did adolescence. Okay. Well, welcome yeah. to reality. Yeah. Um, what about the Blue Album? Did he do those shots on the back? Probably. Probably, yeah. I, I want to say not 100, percent but I think you mentioned that, like to all that. And stuff. He did that famous picture of Rick for his solo album, right? Yeah, yeah, he did that. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. all by myself. That was him that took that picture. Oh wow, I Crazy. didn't know that actually. I think he did talk about that, but yeah. So shit like that's perfect. You know, we love getting these uh, perspectives from people outside of the Orange County boundaries. You know, just to because they're so involved in in the scene out here for us. So it's always fun to do and. Um, and we've got some cool things lined up. You know, we're actually going to be meeting with Mark Adkins from Guttermouth tomorrow to interview him. That's going to be fun. He's he's coming down. He actually moved out of state and he's uh, he's playing Alex's bar, um, and they're doing some other dates somewhere. But uh, he's he's cool. But yeah, I mean, this documentary is progressing. Uh, Who do we have Saturday? Saturday, oh yeah, Saturday we've got Dez from Black Flag to talk about Orange County, wow. uh, interesting Orange County stories, and then Kevin Salk, who's a, another old school photographer from back in the early 80s, uh, he's going to be talking with us about some of the, the shots that he's taken and going to shows and seeing bands and all that, so it's going to be all great perspectives for what we're trying to accomplish with our film, so I'm yeah, stoked on that. Yeah, he's got a hell of a... Of a, a, a you know, uh, portfolio, I guess, of, of photos. I mean, that guy's been there too. He's he's got. If you go to his Instagram page and look, uh, you're going to be blown away by some of the shots from uh, from Kevin Salk. So yeah, that's going to be fun. And Mark Atkins, you know, we've all been guttermouth fans since you know the early '90s, mid '90s. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, man, it's going to be great. This thing just keeps on getting. Bigger and bigger, you know. We got Dez from Black Flag. That's really? huge. <laughs> yeah. So, That's yeah, it's huge. great. And great. the Misfits. He was in the Misfits, too. Yep. yep. So he's got, Damn. he's got, he's like a vault of, like, knowledge. Yeah, he wants to talk about the cuckoo's nest and all that stuff. Wow. The plate, so yeah, that's going to be fun. It's pure gold. Totally. Do you have anything else you want to add, um, uh, Eric? Before what, we, what can I add? Anything. What, okay. Anything else you want to talk are you about? Okay? Before, before we, yeah, uh, go for it, dude. All right. <laughs> Yeah, plug your shit, man. You can go to blaringout.com uh, to check out my YouTube page. I have 995 interviews on there. Um, and so we got Danzig. We got everything. Like the, the history of punks pretty much on there. And um, then check out the Instagram page. It's Eric Blaring Out. I also put a lot of 
old interviews on there and I put a lot of new interviews and a lot of content of what's going on with some of the bands like Speed of Light that I'm kind of uh, consulting in the scene. And uh, I actually just put up an interview with Taylor Hawkins that I did in 2013 at the premiere for um, CBGB's. Oh, wow. Okay. I, yeah, I yeah. pulled that out and put that up on Instagram so people can check that out, you know, if you miss that guy, um, which we all do. So, yeah, that's what's going on there. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, uh, co-hosting our show with us, man. We, we love to have you in here, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll bring you back for sure, you know, and do some more shows. And one thing I want to mention, um, we're going to be doing a special show with Casey Royer, and he's got a, 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 a boombox cassette tape of when he actually started Social Distortion in 1976, recorded some songs, and we're going to play that. So Casey's going to come in here and talk about that jam session in an upcoming episode. Uh, so that's something to look forward to as well. It should artifacts. Wow. Jeez, that is... Oh, wow. That's awesome, dude. Clever. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, where's the symbol crash? Uh, yeah, so that's going to be rad, man. Cool, cool. But hey, um, I have a song I want to close this out with, too. I don't know if we're at, we're at that point yet. Is there anything else we want to say? Yeah, we nope. could be at that point. Okay, we're, we're this good. is uh, from good? Alan's new band, Blowing Chunks. Uh, he sent me their album, and the songs are, are really good. And one song that really stuck with me was called um on and off master so we're going to close the set out with on and off master by blowing chunks right on all right guys thank you for uh, tuning in see you next time have a great night oh come on here i am again landing with some guys out of bond some old like senior citizen dudes and now we're playing punk again this is nuts this is totally nuts it's blowing chunks I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I'm loving it. We're in. On and off. Here we go.
Knowing some jokes.